0: Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu.
1: Today's our guest is Brett Swartz from Capital Gain Tax Solutions. Welcome back, Brett.
0: Raman, good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. A little bit about Brett. Brett Swartz is considered one of the most well-rounded Capital gains Tax deferral experts and informative speakers in the U.S. He is the founder of Capital Gain Tax Solutions, is an exclusive deferred sales trust trustee, host of the Capital Gain Tax Solutions podcast, and an exp commercial multifamily broker in sacramento california so with that brett you want to add anything to your background
0: no that's good Ron. thank you so much for sharing i'm also a father and a dad and uh, i mean I, i'm a dad and a, and a husband uh, and i've got uh, my wife and i have five kids i also split some time out in uh, saint augustine florida as well
1: okay okay got it so what is your life motto Brett? before jumping into other stuff yeah my life motto I would say um, my favorite leadership quote or theme
0: that I strive to live by would be to uh, you know, learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you work hard on your, on your job you'll make a living. If you work harder on yourself, you'll make a fortune and that has to do with working um, on your you know your, your faith, your fitness, your finances, your personal development, your leadership, you know things that are going to really increase your character and lead a lasting legacy beyond just wealth really be able to pass down something to your family, and your community by using the gifts you've been given to be a blessing and help to others.
1: Got it. Got it. Very powerful. Thank you. So let's jump into our main concepts for today's podcast episode. So capital gains tax solutions. So why is very, very important? How it is different from 1031 or any others? You know, stop.
0: Yeah, so the Deferred Sales Trust is very different than anything else because it gives you really three things. And I call this the art and science of the DST. It gives you flexibility, it gives you freedom, and it gives you purpose. Um, Everyone we work with at Capital Gains Tax Solutions, our focus is to unlock a transformational capital gains tax and a wealth plan um, using the DST. And the DST is not to be confused with the Delaware Statutory Trust. It's actually known as a Deferred Sales Trust. And it's different than like things like a 1031 exchange because, A, it works for all asset types of any kind. It works for crypto, businesses, uh, all real estate investment or primary home. Whereas a traditional 1031 only works for investment real estate. Two, it gives you flexibility of timing, being able to dollar cost average into multiple different asset types, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, lending, or back into real estate. And then also, uh, three, it gives you the ability to be passive or active. You can be an active entrepreneur with the capital, or you can be passive and just be retired, or you can do a mixture of both. It's actually a great way to diversify your time, your energy, your wealth, and also to be able to uh, be an uh, entrepreneur or, or, or active. So those are, or passive. Those are the, some of the main things that differentiate the Deferred Sales Trust.
1: Got it. So based on your experience, which uh, which asset class mostly benefiting uh, using capital against tax solutions? You know, anyone
0: who has a sales price of an asset that's more than a million dollars and at least a million dollar gain. In other words, the gain has to be big enough in order to offset the tax pain. The pain by way of tax is somewhere between 25 and 50% of your gain, depending on what state you're in, depending if the asset has depreciation. And so anyone who's looking for a way to build their wealth in a tax-deferred manner, um, also someone might have estate tax challenges and are looking to eliminate that 40% death tax. So those would be the, you know, the main people that we would want to work with to help them um, invest
1: and help them to uh, make good decisions with their wealth. So got it. Thank you. So is the rules are same across all the states or do you see any difference? difference? Um, so
0: the Deferred Sales Church works in all 50 states. So no matter what you're selling or where you're selling, it works for it. Um, it's a federal tax law known as IRC 453, which is known as an installment sale is, is the one foundational part of the tax structure that we use. And it's coupled with the business trust. So when those two things are combined, um, it's formed, it's known as a deferred sales trust, and we just need to make sure we, we follow the parameters and the procedures of setting up everything prior to, but the simple answer is it's just an installment sale. It's known as the seller carry back. And as a seller, you can carry paper for a buyer and defer tax on what you haven't received. Same thing here, we can we can do it with a trust and we can delay the tax on what we haven't received yet.
1: How long we can delay the tax?
0: You know, our, the way we structure our deals, they can go on for typically 10 years and every 10 years you've been for 10 years and then you can pass it to your kids and they can continue to do the same thing. So, uh, so I guess one answer would be for as long as you would like or your family would like to do so, but in 10 year increments. Think of these uh, promissory notes with interest only payments, with the balloon payment do, coming due in 10 years. And then at the end of the 10 years, you, you can renew it for 10 years, or you can just you know, take it all and pay your tax. You can also do five-year notes or three-year notes. It just kind of depends on how long you, you, you're wanting to delay the tax.
1: Got it. So what, what is the standard time frame? So based on your experience, 10 years? Is st- uh.
0: The standard is 10 years, yeah. Most people want 10 years, and, and they're typically structured at six to 8% is the interest rate on the promissory note. And then at the end of uh, they're taking somewhere between, you know, know, three and four percent interest payments starting in about year two. They can also start it right away. And they just kind of live off the interest and they keep that principle intact. And at the end of the 10 years, they can renew and uh, just just keep continue to live off the interest, pay tax on the ordinary income that they receive on that. But they keep that principle intact. But it really is up to each individual um, taxpayer.
1: Got it. So what are some best practices around this topic?
0: I think the best practices are just making sure you're clarifying and envisioning what you want your wealth plan to be. And that's not just your your financial plan. That's also your time and your energy and your wealth as, as your entire who you are, right? The wealth of your family and the relationships, the wealth of your time and your energy, uh, the wealth, of course, with your finances and having tax flow and cash flow kind of meet together to make sure that it's serving you for what you're trying to achieve. So the more you have a clear vision on that, Uh, the the clearer you know where to go. Now, once you kind of know where you want to go, the question is what strategy or strategies, sometimes we're using a partial 1031 exchange and a partial deferred sales trust or a partial Delaware statutory trust and a partial deferred sales trust are going to help you to get to where you want to go, which often means you need to do the next stage, which is build. So you need to build a team to help you build the strategy or strategies to help you execute what you had on your original vision. And the last part of it is just the freedom aspect. So... What it actually unlocks when you can connect those two and you have a team in place, you have the strategies in place, you have a clear vision for where you want to go, then it unlocks the freedom for a lot of our clients, like who are selling primary homes, commercial real estate, um, who are selling businesses, cryptocurrency, and they want something other than um, something that's going to lock them into strict timeframes, like a 1031 exchange.
1: So those are some of the best practices to use for the Deferred Sales Trust. Got it. Thank you. So what are some risks if you're not implemented properly? Yeah, number one, the number
0: one risk, if you don't implement it properly, is that it doesn't even work. In other words, you take what's called constructive receipt because it wasn't properly structured within the um, the purchase and sale agreement, wasn't properly structured in the APA agreement. Uh, you took the capital in a way that sh- triggers the tax, so you're not even eligible to use it. That's number one. Um, I think number two would be you don't have a clear plan and, and experience with the investments that you're putting the money in because investments all have risks. So just because it's in a trust doesn't mean it protects the investments. We still have to put it into something to make money. So you also want to have a good, no like and trust factor with the investments you're putting the money into. Um, When you combine those two things, um, it it can go pretty smoothly. If you have a team that sets it up properly and the right amount of time and the right order, you, you you delay the tax because you take a promissory note, you become the lender. And then you have a team to help you execute the investments, which by the way, you can also execute the investments with the trust, which is really cool. You don't have to be tied to just being passive. You can be active, which is honestly my
1: favorite part about the Deferred Sales Trust. Got it, yeah, thank you. Those are very, very important points. So how does the dsc we fail 1031?
0: Yeah, so the the, the main thing would be, remember a Deferred Sales Trust is not a 1031 exchange, meaning we have none of the requirements uh, as it pertains to timing that's probably the number one difference to focus on. Uh, You're able to sell, defer tax, but not have to put it into like-kind investment property in a short period of time. And this unlocks the freedom for you to invest at optimal timing. And I'll give you a story for this. In Sacramento, we had a a potential client who um, we wanted to to sell, help him sell, but he had the 1031 exchange as as the barrier because he didn't want to overpay for a property. This is in 06, he ended up not selling, losing all of his wealth, all 50 million of multifamily properties. And we came to find out that the Deferred Sales Trust in about 2009 that could have saved him, be able to sell, pay off all of his debt, defer the tax, but instead he loses, he loses it all. He ends up losing his house and losing his marriage and going bankrupt. It was a whole disaster. So I would say the major thing is optimal timing. Number two, uh, the major thing would be a new depreciation schedule. So in a 1031 exchange, your depreciation schedule travels to the next property. That's not good. You want to increase your depreciation schedule or have a higher one. To offset your cash flow, we call this tax flow. For every dollar of cash flow, you want a dollar of depreciation, ideally, to wash away in that given year. But if your old 1031 travels and you have a low depreciation schedule and still a high cash flow, guess what? You're having to pay tax on all of this. So with the deferred sales trust, if you bought that same property using the DST through a joint venture partnership, the way we structure it, you're able to get a new depreciation schedule, which you get you get the majority of. So that's a powerful way to build wealth. Uh, the next one would be just diversification. The ability to diversify away from um, an asset type that's highly appreciated, like a you know California multifamily property, like a you know tech company, like cryptocurrency. When you when a year ago, when you sh- you know when most people should have sold all of it out. So that is the best thing to be able to diversify. The last one has to do with um, the ability to move out capital outside your taxable state. And this is really powerful because if you're ultra high net worth, 40% death tax is subject to people who own more than 24 million of wealth inside of their taxable estate or 12 million if they're single. So that's set to cut in half in 2025. And so the goal is to get the wealth out. The challenge is most people have to give it all the way to charity, have to try to gift it away, which is kind of which is going to be a slow process, and or um, get to buy a bunch of life insurance to offset it. And so we eliminate all of that hassle and you can sell your asset and then one day move all of your equity outside your taxable estate, eliminating that 40% debt tax. So those are just a few of the reasons why you would use the deferred sales
1: trust versus the 1031 exchange. Got it. So at what stage we need to engage DST, no? expert?
0: What's the timing for it? Yeah. Yeah, so what, what's the timing to engage in using the deferred sales trust? I would say earlier the better. The neat part of Wood, the way we work is we work on a no cost obligation basis. For any reason you wanna use the trust, your deal doesn't close, you don't owe us anything. However, it's very crucial that we set up the trust prior to the escrow having all the contingencies removed, the buyer moving all contingencies in escrow. If they remove them all, then it creates a situation where it could be constructive receipt. So we need to have the trust or some language inside of there that you're doing this planning prior to all of that uh, happening. And if you do that, we can set everything up in time. That's number one. Number two could be if you're in a 1031 exchange or setting this up um, with a qualified intermediary that will work with you to have this as a backup plan. Not every qualified intermediary wants you to know about this. And so we work with, uh, if you work with us, uh, we work with our number one strategic alliance for for, for 1031 exchanges and a deferred sales trust. And they'll give you both options uh, alongside of us to make sure that everything is lined up properly. So uh, and in that scenario, we can save a failed 1031, basically our failing 1031 on day 45 or day 180. And so just uh, connect with us, capitalgainstaxchurch.com. We can walk you through all that
1: got it got it so what what is the process overall process you know at high level
0: um like how does it work yeah the process is a set up a trust um b assign your interest um or ownership to which to the trust prior to the close of escrow and then c have a third-party buyer all ready to go to close escrow and d i guess receive a promissory note at close of escrow e would be the funds are invested into something that you approve that you have 24 seven access to view online or into investment real estate properties, passive or active or other business ventures. And so that's the general process is finding a buyer, you being the seller, the trust comes in right in between the sale at close of escrow. And it's basically two sales, you selling it to the trust, the trust selling it to the ultimate buyer, trust receiving the capital, you receiving a promissory note, the ultimate buyer taking title to the property and they're out or the asset. And you're left with a promissory note with the trust owing you the money. And
1: that's, that's how this whole thing works. Thank you. uh, That that clearly explains how exactly it works. Thank you. And how to grow like any CRE syndication business using deferred sales trust?
0: Yes. The one one way to, I think, grow your commercial real estate syndication business is to be able to unlock capital from sources that otherwise didn't know how to get to you without paying a bunch of tax. In fact, the, The American Bankers Association, a number of other studies show about $32 trillion is going to pass from the baby boomers to the millennials in the next 20 years. And this is known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. Now, every single day, 10,000 baby boomers are turning 65 in the U.S. alone. There's 77 million in the U.S. alone. So you look at this massive amount of wealth that's going to transfer. A lot of this wealth is tied to high-end primary homes, uh, businesses, and commercial real estate. So those assets are illiquid that people want to retire from, want to downsize, want to move. They feel real estate rich and cash flow poor a lot of them and they want to sell defer the tax and then they can go back into syndications with you um partial with part part, part of the funds which is an amazing way to unlock capital versus trying to convince someone to sell a you know five million dollar house they're gonna pay two million of tax on and then to show up with you to for with a couple million why not help them you know defer the capital gains tax and I already have a couple more million to invest the next day and that's the beauty of, of the deferred sales trust is going to give you. The pre-taxed ability to invest rather than post-tax.
1: Got it. Got it. Thank you. So how to build a tax deferred wealth plan? You know, so how to build a deferred sales
0: trust plan. It kind of goes back to a little bit of what I said before, but the key is envisioning where you want to go, you know, and also clarifying where you're at right now. I mean, we talk with sellers every single day that they're tired of the toilets, trash, liability, termites, tenants, all of the challenges that go along with owning investment real estate or even businesses. But also we, we ask them to clarify B, where do they wanna be? With their time, their energy, their wealth, their next entrepreneurial freedom or their retirement. And once you have a clear vision of where you're at and where you wanna be, guess what? You can take the next step, which is what's what plan and what team's gonna help you to get there. And that becomes the plan of the wealth plan with the financial advisors we work with. We work with your CPA, work with me as the trustee. We interview commercial real estate companies and different investment opportunities. And essentially we start to build this wealth plan with this tax flow plan using the DST. And the last part would be just how do you pass it to your kids or the next generation? Or well, we do that through a living trust typically. Um, and so all of that together creates the deferred
1: sales trust plan. Got it. Thank you. So would you share any case studies from best case, best case scenario point of view and also challenging case scenario point of view? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I'll give you the Monday morning quarterback. So it was a deal. Mid 2000s, a gentleman sold a $20 million asset uh, in Minnesota. He's used to doing 1031 exchanges and he sold at the peak. And he said, you know, I think something's happening. I think I think 2008, something's going to happen. And so instead of overpaying in the 1031, he used the deferred sales trust and he parked it into conservative stocks, bonds and mutual funds that were hedged and protected, weren't subject to the big crash of 08 and basically kind of just broke even for a couple of years. And five years later, the bank calls him and says, hey, you know that property you sold to that buyer a few years ago? He says, yeah. He goes, well, we just foreclosed on it. We're curious, do you want to buy it back from us? He goes, well, maybe what's the price? And they say 60 cents on the dollar. In other words, 40% less than what he had sold it for. So he used the trust, the money in the trust to buy back that property at 60 cents on the dollar, right? Which is incredible. All tax deferred, by the way, Not not, not, not paying a single dollar in tax yet. And that is the power of the deferred sell trust, sell high and buy. So, so the best case scenario is, you know, you sell crypto at 68000 a coin um, and you buy back at 15000 a coin with the trust, all tax deferred. You also, uh, you know, sell real estate high and buy low. Um, you also, um, you know, finally be able to spend time and energy with your family, right? I had a client who sold a, a high-end primary home in Palo Alto and he got closer to family in Nevada, and he was able to pay off all of his debt. His kids were out of the big house. And now he's free to travel and have more cash flow and just have, have more freedom. So those are just the best case scenarios. I think the worst case scenarios would be investments don't go the way you want them to go. Or you sell out a real estate and you put maybe too much into the stock market and you're not too comfortable with the stock market or the stock market goes down. In other words, you sold something high and you went into something low. And when you went in low, um, you know those things went lower. So there's there's, you know, you never, nothing's ever guaranteed for some investments, but I think where people get a little bit, um, can get a little bit worst case scenario is if they're in something, they weren't, they made a lot of wealth in one thing and they're in another thing and that other thing's not going as well as they thought it would be. And they're not as comfortable with that. It's kind of like a fish out of water. You made it in real estate and now you're in the stock market or vice versa. And that sometimes it's hard to break those ways of building wealth. And so that would be the, you know, a, not a great
1: situation if that happens. got it it. thank you so how this current higher interest rates or inflation impact on you know dst um i
0: think uh it creates opportunity for people to finally pause and what i mean by that is to get money on the sidelines during a higher rate interest rate that we're seeing and not have to overpay in that 1031 where you're selling high and buying higher not only buying, or maybe you're buying a little bit lower, or even even maybe about even. But if interest rates have gone up drastically, then you're having to your borrowing costs is eating up a lot of your cash flow. So it finally gives people an opportunity to actually look at this even closer. I mean, we're doing we're closing deals about every single week, and and just keep closing across the country. But a lot of people, especially in the 1031 exchange real estate world, which is what I grew up in and I love, they're actually looking at this and going, "Wow, I really need to look at it because otherwise, I'm putting myself in a Really compromised position. If my cap rates are about the same, but my interest rates are much higher, in other words, it's a negative arbitrage. So this higher rate interest environment is hurting. Number two is it's likely to increase taxes as interest as inflation goes up. Taxes typically go up. Okay, and when that happens, guess what? Um, You're in trouble too. We're all in trouble, right? The government has a spending problem, which means we have a tax problem. So it becomes even more valuable if I can defer more capital gains tax. I think they're talking about federal going from 20 to 26 or 28 next year. Um, and then you add like state of California, 13.3. If you're in California and Ob- Obamacare, 3.8%, I mean, you're you're just, it's huge, 37,
1: 40 or more percent. So uh, that is uh, some of the challenges there. So how do you see like uh, DST, you know, next two to three years or next two to five years? I think it's uh, our vision is to to make it a household name.
0: I think it's going to become more and more of a household name, and there's going to be more people who who are who are who are going to um, think outside the box into something that's newer to them. Although it's been around for 27 years, thousands of closes, billions of assets have sold, over 20 no change IRS audits. Let yeah, there's still people every single day. They are skeptical. They are cautious. But it's batting a thousand. It's perfect. It's never lost not one time for, legally. Investments are investments, but you can always diversify. That's what we love about the Deferred Sales Trust. So I would, I think it's just going to become more popular. And I think it's going to serve uh, clients at a high level. And it's going to give them the freedoms they really want.
1: Awesome. And uh, let's shift towards personal side. So any personal habits that are helping you to be successful?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I would say, you know, faith, family, fitness, finances, personal development, leadership. And that has uh, those are those are things I try to practice every week or sometimes every day. Ways to be building and investing into those things, such as working out every single day, just about drinking a lot of water for my health, getting good sleep, um, time in prayer and meditation. Uh, I try to do it every single day. Time with family, um, time increasing and in, in learning from leaders, growing my leadership through through podcasts, through conferences, through books, reading a lot. Um, all of those things helped me to grow as a leader. And if a leader
1: gets better, everything is better. Awesome. So share me any one personal learning or any one decision that you took that impacted your life positively.
0: Uh, I would say just uh, being willing to, to persevere through a challenging time of the 2008 crisis when a lot of people got out of the commercial real estate brokerage arena. I persevered through it. I kept pressing through to learn more, to grow more. That's actually how I learned about the Deferred Sales Trust and my my career is now here. But that took me, you know, working side hustles at a place called Cheesecake Factory nights and weekends. And then by day, making cold calls and helping clients and banks uh, negotiate with banks and go through challenges with the 2008, um, you know, multifamily Sacramento uh, people, you know, having challenges with rents and paying on time to the banks. So all of that, just persevering through a time that was tough to be in the business to learn and grow a lot.
1: Awesome awesome so any any book that impacted your life
0: yeah so the bible's impacted my life a lot i mean that's my number one book that's the number one um business book i would say you know everyone says rich dad poor dad That's has a big one um i would say one recently is called but never split the difference with chris boss and it's negotiation it's also communication human communication so those are some of the main ones
1: i really enjoy right now awesome and how can listeners can connect with you brett
0: They can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. They can also look for the new book that's coming out soon. It's actually called Building a Capital Gains Tax Exit Plan. It's on Amazon uh, here in the next 20 days or so. But go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com, download our other free ebook Um, as well. um, You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Capital Gains Tax Solutions.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Brett. Thank you, everyone.
0: That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.